Good afternoon, everyone. Today's Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast welcomes Sylvia Coulter to the show. Everyone has a story, and we'd like to give a voice to the women who have a story that's meaningful, moving, and compelling. We share the stories with the world so that in our guests shining, we give permission to others to shine as well. Tune in to Freeman Means Business on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Radio Public for our great episodes starring really fascinating people who move the needle. Well, welcome to Sylvia Coulter. She's one of those fascinating people who move the needle. Thanks for being here, Sylvia. Thanks, Susan. This is so nice of you to include me in, in uh, Wonder Women and Freeman Means Business. I'm excited. Thanks. I'm so happy to have you. So before we begin, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, so I put myself through college and received my undergrad from Northeastern University in marketing and minored in psychology and went on to then um, get a, a certificate in strategic management from Babson. And later on, I went to George Washington University and got a master's in law firm management. And, and in between all of that, I've done various certifications just to continue to support my own knowledge growth and to help me support my clients in, in different and growing ways. Um, I'm a strategy consultant to the legal industry and help law firms drive revenue through sound client retention, client growth, and new business development strategies. And in order to be effective at that, I realized that lawyers really need to work together as team members. And so we also specialize in, I do anyway, helping firms with collaboration and leadership so they learn to work together more effectively. So that's sort of my background. And I, I think an important thing to note there is with the exception of um, some assistance from my employer for my master's. I I have paid for all my education myself, which wow. I think really needs to be a message to other people. You know, don't let that hold you back. It, it can be expensive, but in the long run, it pays off, and you appreciate it in a different way too. I think one, you probably make better grades, and two, I don't know anyone else who can say that. That's incredible. That's a lot of work. (laughs) Let me ask you this. How exactly um, did you get started? Like, what was your first job out of college? What did you do? So my first job wasn't out of college. I was putting myself through school while I was working full time. So I would work full time in sales. And then I was going to school from six to 10 at night. And, um, and so my first job was working in the attorney general's office. And I was, you know, what would then be considered like an, a firm administrator for the government bureau. It was at a very young age I did that. Um, but it was my first introduction to litigators because I was with the government bureau and managed a group of about 30 at the time secretaries and thus my foray into legal. We were the first attorney general's office to automate fully litigation. Um, and we did that with a product called Wang. And 
So I then went to work for a company called Wang, which was one of the predecessors to today's uh, uh, technology. Every law firm had Wang computers. I, I think just about every law firm had Wang computers. And, um, and those were the really crazy cowboy days of technology. Uh, and uh, there were saleswomen, and there were mostly salesmen. And that was in itself very interesting because the president of Wang at the time was a gentleman named John Cunningham, and he's still in technology. And um, he used to call us demo dollies. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yep, John <laughs> Cunningham. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I don't know that he could do that today. Um, what other than not being able to call people demo dollies or booth babes or those such uh, terms, what are the biggest changes, good and bad, that you've seen? Um, you mean in my career or in technology? Well, uh, let's just focus it. Or with women. Yeah, well, let's focus it on women uh, in the industry. How about that? Well, you know, I think that... Um, it, it's it's interesting because I think there've always been really, you know, one of the things we've talked about is, um, you know, who's been an inspirational mentor. So the mentors professionally in my life were men and, um, and they really weren't sexist. I mean, they were just, they appreciated the skill set and saw the talent as any good leader will in, in his or her people and they saw the talent and kind of took me under their wing and mentored me and really helped me grow. Um, and I would say my mom was a really instrumental because she would always say, you know, I'd come to her with these crazy ideas, you know, one day, Hey, I want to go to modeling school next day. You know, I want to do this and go learn piano and blah, blah, blah. And she always supported that and always said, awesome. you know, as long as you stick with it, you can do it. And so there were challenges growing up, but I never felt like I wasn't cared for by her or supported by her. And, um, oh, and she was also very, so the notable thing about my mentors in business is um, one was African-American and we would, you know, walk down the streets in Boston and New York to go to to prospects, which were all law firms, because I continued selling technology to law firms. And, you know, people would say racial slurs. They would say all kinds of crazy things, because this was in the late 80s. And, um, and, and, and we just, you know, it was just such a great experience to have somebody like that. Now, how, do I think a lot has changed? Um, I think that there are a lot of people who are still supportive of people they see, you know, people who care, right? His dad was a minister. Um, I still think there's a lot of racism and I still think there's a lot of racism. I don't think it's, I just think everybody knows it's not cool to be vocal about it, but I think it's still there. And, you know, and my, I have a lot of male partners in our practice and, you know, when they, ask me about stuff like that or any of the women, you know, it's like, you guys have no idea. So it's subtle, but I think it's still there. And, you know, you just, uh, it, it's, there are things that you can't do, can't say, 
um, but there's other things that are done and are said, and I think that it's just not even consciously. So I don't. I think things have changed, and I think things haven't changed. If that makes any sense. It does. There's a. Uh, I don't want to butcher the phrase by trying to say it in French because I don't speak French. But the more things change, the more they stay the same. Mm-hmm. So, right. Yeah, my father used to say that, but he said it in perfect French. Um, <laughs> I, I cannot speak French, but um, what is your proudest professional accomplishment? I want to ask you that. Well, I think I've got two. Um, the first is my um, own business. You know, uh, starting out on my own, you know, I left Wang, I started a business. It was really scary. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and in fact, right after I left my well-paying job, um, my husband then came home and said he's leaving. Um, unbeknown to me, was having an affair with somebody on the West Coast who was one, on his sales team. So I, and we had a lot of real estate investments. Um, we split those down the middle, but I didn't have any cash and I had just left my job. And I just decided I'm going to continue on and try this and went to the bank and said, here's the mortgage, here's my house. You can have it against a $30,000 loan, but I'm going to do this. And here's the name of five law firm managing partners. And you can ask them all about my selling ability. <laughs> and, and they gave me the loan and they said, we, we never do this with entrepreneur or somebody who just started a business because we don't want to take your home. Um, but wow. that's what, what, what a vote of confidence. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. And I actually wrote a little book about it. Um, and, uh, so, you know, I would yeah, say, wait, tell me more about the book. Tell me more about this book. I'm interested. Well, I was explaining to somebody one day, you know, I know that law firms need this. We were way ahead of our time doing sales and strategy for law firms then because that law firms were doing, they were doing marketing brochures back then. Um, and we're sort of looking at it like, what? That's what marketing people do, you know? And so I took a step back, got a couple of certifications in leadership. And, and this one guy said to me, you know, why don't you run retreats? And there's this great program you go to. It's facilitate. It's sort of a way to facilitate that compresses time out of the planning process. And it was developed by Walt Disney. And his protege was a guy by the name of Mike Vance, which some people may know because it was on a lot of Disney movies, that name. And his protege was a guy named Jerry McNellis who started this, this, um, really incredible approach to facilitation and um, it's called storyboarding which Disney Disney created and um, so learned how to do storyboarding went back and and in storyboarding they use these little um, nerf balls and everybody gets a ball and when somebody says a negative thing you know you're sort of killing the idea you throw a Nerf ball at that person. So they're called killer balls. So fast forward, um, my book, well, and, and after we learned how to do this process, and we started approaching firms about facilitating retreats or facilitating meetings, our business took off. So I wrote a book, It Takes Balls to Stay in Business, which clearly has a double meaning. Yes, yes. Um, but, you know, it was 
the killer balls and the strategic in the in the facilitation process that really helped me finally get you know get somewhere with the business um but it's a cute book book. i have to get this book so i will send it to you it's i will send it (laughs) i've said it it's it's um i've got i've got a lot of copies but i've when i've you know spoken at women entrepreneur events right um, they all can relate because you know you can read it and think cute if you haven't tried being your own you know building your own business but if you have it you can totally relate to it so i'll make sure you get a copy of that well i can and, and for sure mm-hmm. yeah yeah and and so that you know that's one of my um proudest professional accomplishments and i would say that the other one is um you know just taking taking having the 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 um courage to leave what i built and go in house you know i was approached uh by Hale, the, f- the former hail and door um to come in house they had looked for somebody for a while i knew nothing about the inside of a law firm i knew dealing with lawyers right from my ag experience um and uh so i did it and we built an incredible team of brilliant people. Beth Cazone was with me um, at my business and came with me to, to Hale and Door. If you know Beth, she's at Goulston now. And we built a team of really, really, really bright people. They're all CMOs now or head of something in a law firm. Nice. And, um, and that was, that's, to me, was a real professional accomplishment because I'm not afraid of hiring people who are better than me, smarter than me. I love developing people who I see their talent and they don't. They go on to do great things. And we really, you know, I had Bill Lee, who was the managing partner and then became the managing partner of um, uh, Wilmer, Hale and Dorr, is just one of the most brilliant business minds, strategy people, leaders, of anyone I've ever met and and we just did incredible things with marketing and business development that no firm was doing at all and they had the guts to hire somebody who was basically with a sales background you know I think that's that's very I always say that um, a true leader motivates and inspires others to do as well or better than she herself has done so you Mm -hmm. are really a true leader um, this is a perfect segue to the question about, um, you know, how would you advise other women to support women? Because I, I'm a firm believer that women should lift one another up. I agree. I think many, many women do that. Um, I still think there's a lot of room for growth in that area. Um, and so I would say, uh, you know, stay out of the gossip completely. You know, don't don't do things uh, that. Hang on, hang on. Let me just say, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> uh, just let's create some a moment of silence on that because guilt and gossip are two worthless endeavors. Gossip probably more than guilt. And right. I just think that 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 mean girl stuff it hurts everyone. Everyone. Totally. Totally. And, and in fact, um, on my team, 
at uh, at the former Hale and Door, if somebody came in and said, you know, bah, 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 about somebody else, I'd say, sit down, call the other person. I'd say, Susan, come on in here. And then the two of them, I'd say, okay, Nancy's upset about something. Can you guys just talk talk about this in front of me and let's work it out? Excellent. And everybody after a while knew okay, we can't do this, <laughs> you know, we got to work together, and you know, it's always team, and I think that's really important, um, and, uh, you know, so I'll give you another example. The women partners at that firm were incredibly supportive of me as a business professional, and um, I can't say enough about that. They were, you know, just incredible supporters. I then went to another law firm, which I won't mention, you know, people can see it on my LinkedIn, excuse me, profile. I went to another law firm and it was the absolute worst experience in my career. And so that's really, you know, the biggest challenge or setback. I was just going to ask you, I was going to yeah. ask you what's your biggest challenge or setback, but you, you're, you're going right there. So go ahead, tell me. Yeah. And I, I remember calling my husband and saying, after two weeks, because I was commuting to this law firm from New England, after two weeks, I said, big mistake, big mistake. He said, oh, you don't know for sure. You know, you've only been there a couple of months. Nope, I know. 37 practice groups, none of them headed up by a woman. None of them. And when you go on an interview, you wouldn't even think about asking that question because you just assume, come on. You yeah. know, the women did not support one another. The only couple, literally couple of strong women in the firm were um, not nice to me at all. They definitely didn't like a strong woman. I totally under, we were talking about this earlier um, before our, our podcast, you know, I totally underestimated being a New Englander direct and all of that going into the Midwest and, um, you know, oh, building that's a target. That's a target right there. Just being from new England. I mean, the rest, right, right. Yeah. That said though, that said, despite all that, and it was miserable, it was miserable. Um, we built an amazing team, Adam Severson. I hired Adam stock. I hired, I mean, we hired some great people and built a great team. And uh, we, you know, we prevailed for a while. I left because I felt like I was losing confidence. I was losing my spirit. I was losing Sylvia. And so um, I had to get out of there. And I would say that um, that kind of non-support from other women is completely unacceptable. And that women lawyers and women professionals should not be putting up with that, you know, so you own part of it if you put up with it. Right. You're, uh, you're enabling it. Yeah. Right. That behavior. Um, put your head up high and walk out the door. Yes, it was, it was absolutely crazy. And, you know, which leads me to say in general, you know, don't, if you're unhappy, then get out, right? Just get out because you only have a very short time on the planet and, and um, uh, again, you, you and I talking about our moms, you realize seeing the world through their eyes and they're not, they're not doing well these days, that life is short. So get out of these dysfunctional places if you're in one 
because it's not worth the money. You're selling your soul to the devil, you know? I um, agree. And I think somehow, um, universe, God, whatever you want to call it, you'll get by. Something good will happen. You you know, but you can't. Absolutely. Yeah. You're, yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And so if you, you know, I know there's some politicians running around. I've gone to one of the meetings, you know, when, when women succeed, we all succeed. I just think that is so lame for me anyway. <laughs> to me, that's lame. And it's just a bunch of babble and, and all of that. I think women have to be supportive of women, but I think women have to be supportive of everybody, just like we want I men agree. to be supportive of everybody. I agree. So all my women's events, men and women are most welcome. And right. when I teach communication skills, it would not serve anyone's best interest if I only taught them to females. I mean, that's ridiculous. We have to communicate with one another. The, 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 the idea is to raise awareness of the differences, not to shut someone up or shut someone down. Exactly. Exactly. We were, you know, a funny aside, um, you know, we were sitting after a long couple of days of meetings. Um, my, one of my partners and I were sitting, having a glass of wine. And he said, you know, if you told me five, six years ago that my partner in business would be a woman, I would have laughed. And I said, that's so funny. And he said, but I don't know who else I'd want to be partners with. And uh, Aww, it was, that's, so nice. <laughs> that's very, yeah, it was great. And so if we can turn the thinking around, you know, and he really is a guy's guy for sure. But if we can turn the thinking around and people realize, um, you know, that, that everybody has something to offer and you just find where you can work together as a team. It doesn't matter if you're male, female, right. we have varying religious beliefs in our practices um, at, at Law Vision and um, going from some people who don't believe at all to people who are born again. And it doesn't matter. You just, we all find common ground and we respect each other's beliefs and diversity and that's how it has to be. And that, and, and then it's going to work because we're dealing with people who have all those other things as well, right? Right. You so it's more, it's more have, than just tolerance. It's actually embracing difference, embracing That's difference. what I think it, yeah, yeah exactly. It's more than just so tell me a little something surprising that we don't know about you. Now, I, I learned a couple things in this podcast already, but something <laughs> most people don't know about you that would surprise them. Well, let's see. Um, I I did do some skydiving. Okay, which, that's huge. <laughs> I would that, never do that. That's amazing. It's really crazy. It's really crazy. I have to tell you, um, like the month leading up to the, uh, I've only done it a couple times, but the month leading up to the first time I did it, I saw all these articles in, you know, like the Wall Street Journal or the local Boston Globe or, you know, about skydiving accidents or this or that. And I started to really freak out. But then I decided I'm going to do it anyway. And it was really, really cool. It was very cool. Um, That's and, probably the most awesome thing I've ever heard. In, in, <laughs> in part because it's awesome in and of itself, but in also in greater part, because it's coming from you. I mean, that's just, you know, people probably would be shocked to hear that you did that. And I wonder if you saw these articles more because you had booked your um, trip or booked your. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 That's so hilarious. That's awesome. Absolutely. And, um, and uh, you know, you have to have a lot of trust, right? I mean, a lot of the skydiving accidents, 
are because of plane failure and other accidents are because you're looking at your friend who's taking a picture of you instead of the big <laughs> X where you're supposed to land, you know? Right. So you, it's like driving. You're going to, you're going to land where you're looking, but yeah, we did free fall. You know, it was really cool. And that is crazy stuff. It's when totally, did you do this? um, Pepperell mass, Pepperell, Massachusetts. So, but when though, when was this in your oh, life? When, when, Oh boy. Like, 25 years ago but I want to do it again oh my uh, gosh I want to film it <laughs> no you got to do it with me Susan come on okay there are only a couple things that will never ever happen and that's one of them <laughs> I'm pretty so much other, for anything yeah. but that no <laughs> the other thing is um I'm a sailor and I took sailing lessons on the Charles River which you know well and um and those are little sailboats. And I, so I finished that class and did, did well with my sailing little boats. And I said, okay, so I'm going to go buy a boat. And I bought this big 26-foot sailboat um, from a guy who owns a marine supply store in Gloucester. Nice. And when I was leaving the dock to sail back to Boston, where I lived at the time, I said, um, this doesn't look like the boats on the Charles River. Can you just show me how to put up the sail? And he said, oh, my God, you're not really saying that to me. <laughs> I love but it. I, I love it. <laughs> so I, I, I sailed every day after work. And um, it was really funny because people would say, I'd uh, see if people wanted to go sailing. And they'd say, wait, you're the captain? Like, there's not a guy? And it was yeah. really, really funny to deal with that. Very funny to deal with that. But so that was fun too. And I think sailing, the wind is in your face. You're used to that. So skydiving was kind of not that different to me. Um, uh, except the speed at which at which the wind is hitting your face. There's that. <laughs> and the whole thing about hitting the ground, <laughs> that doesn't happen in sailing. Yeah. No. No, it doesn't. I'm very, very impressed. I, I want to say something funny because the, the listeners do not know, a lot of them do not know that um, I used to live in New England. I um, actually wrote a pretty funny blog about it. I worked at State Street. I lived in Situate, which is on the South Shore. Lovely sea community. Yes, a lot of lobstermen up there. I'm friends with a lot of them still, and we stay uh, in touch through Facebook. Um, but I was fortunate enough to have enough money to buy a house there at a very young age. And I thought, well, what's a Southern girl doing here without a boat? So I go looking for a boat and everyone assumed I wanted a sailboat, but no, this girl from down South <laughs> wanted a ski boat. Yep. Sure. It was crazy. So I bought a ski boat, not knowing that the water was just too damn cold <laughs> to ski in. And so I put my ski boat on the water and my neighbor, who happened to be the harbor master, um, said to me, <laughs> he, he yells at me across the water because he took me in. I was, I was single and I was young and I, I, you know, I was adventurous slash unknowing. And he said to me, he said, little little lady you got a you got a, a radio on that thing and i you know leaned over and i turned up that volume and i was jamming and i said yes i do and i was playing music and he's like oh, too yeah. funny isn't that awful isn't that terrible I that's a 
hysterical. Yeah, he meant uh, an emergency radio. Of like. course, of course, <laughs> of course. No, uh, that is that is that is too funny. Yeah. Um, but you you know you never know. You gotta you gotta go with the flow. You gotta try things, right? You gotta be. I totally. That's a, that's another message to people listening is. You always have to try something, and I think that in a law firm environment where I work, people are often afraid to try things because if you make a mistake, you get hammered pretty quickly. So you got to be resilient. You know, you got to try things, and then you go, okay, that didn't work out, or you know, maybe I'll come back and present this again and do something a little bit different. And I think you know, so be resilient, try things. And I think you've got to invest in your own career. You have to do that. So, you know, people will say, oh, really? I really want to do this, but I don't want to spend the $2,500. I've got to, you know, seriously, folks, <laughs> you got to spend some money to invest in your career to move forward if there are things you need to learn to be better at your job or to be better at the next job. And this is coming from someone who paid her way through college and paid for her own tuition. I think that's very worked while she was in school. I think that's very amazing that you did that. That's incredible. Um, I do want to say that for those of us who are professionals in law firm, well, I'm not in the law firm setting anymore, but for those who are professionals in the law firm setting, it is in a in great part a culture of fear um, for making a mistake. You cannot, as a lawyer, they live in fear of making a mistake. They don't want to lose in the courtroom. So they bring that mentality to the law firm setting. And so those professionals, uh, you know, they take their cue from the lawyers and they don't want to make any mistakes. But you have to be able to, um, I guess, be innovative and a disruptor and take some risks and bring new ideas to the table and and get the ear of management and say we need to try this the clients are doing it they're demanding that law, their law firms do it um, so I think some of the things that you spoke to and that you do for a living are innovative and disruptive and uh, those firms that are risk tolerant or embrace new ideas should take heed mm-hmm Absolutely. Well, Sylvia, this has been great. You're always fun. I had as much fun um, before the podcast as I have had during. How <laughs> will people reach you if they want to get in touch with you? And I'll put your contact info in the blog as well. Oh, thank you. Um, well, it's it's always fun chatting with you too, and um, it would it would have been great if we could do this in person because it's always fun to be with you as well, Susan. Um, so if anybody wants to reach me, they could go to lawvision.com or just uh, call my cell phone, which is 617-697-4869 is the best phone to reach me at. Uh, and um, and, and I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook and everything else. So. And what's your email address? My email is scoulter, C-O-U-L-T-E-R at lawvision.com. All righty then. Thank you so much. And thanks everybody for tuning in. I will have this blog and podcast up on my website by tomorrow. Sylvia, it was so much fun. I always enjoy your company. You've been a shero to me for many, many years, whether you knew it or not. Um, but I love getting together with you. I may have to make my way back out to New England and have a really good meal on your fine china. Absolutely. I will make you some lobster. 
Yum. <laughs> Thank you. Take All right. Care. Thank bye you bye. for the opportunity. Bye-bye.